This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hi there. Welcome to the No Joke Podcast with Billy and Adam. This is the podcast where Billy and I take a theme and discuss it also loosely and talk about our previous, present, and future experience with it. Today's theme was parenting, and we were lucky enough to be joined by Adam's parents. Real life parents. Susan Joe and Jeff Lustick. Please enjoy the No Joke Podcast. Welcome back. This is the No Joke Podcast. I am Billy Scafuri. I am Adam Lustig. And we will probably have some special guests on the show from time to time. Yeah, that was sort of baked into the idea of this podcast. We'd be able to have some diverse guests on the show. It is inarguable that we will have – we have the most special guests we could possibly have on the show That's is what really I'm saying. sweet of you to we say. We could have Beyonce. Yes. We could have Obama. Yeah, we could. And we're not saying that we didn't because maybe we recorded those two podcasts and deleted them. Okay. You'll never know. But our listeners want two people, and we're giving them those two people. Yeah, we're giving the people what they want. We've talked about the fish fillet. Yes. It's we- been a main source of controversy on this podcast. We've emailed about the fish fillet. Handful of times, back and forth, plus another back and forth. And now we have, in the flesh, mm-hmm. the fish fillet, <laughs> the creators of Adam Lustig. <laughs> The co-creators, co-executive producers. Susan Joe and Jeff Lustick, welcome to the No Joke Podcast. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. you. Um, Just for super clarity, these are my my biological parents. Yes. This is my father and my mother, Jeff Lustick, Susan Rothschild. So glad to have you guys here. Does that suggest that you have parents someplace who are not your biological parents? You'll never know. (laughs) I've made a lot of friends out here in LA, Dad. You don't know what my kind of relationships are. We would be the first to know. Yeah. Um, We're so happy to have you guys on our podcast because we know that you are two of the most avid listeners, if not the only two avid listeners. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, Three for three. We've listened to them all. And what do you think? How are, how are we doing? Yeah. I mean, you can, and oh, you're pull asking, no punches. You're asking the wrong person. Why is that? I think we're asking because the right you person. guys could sit there and drool, and I would think it was wonderful. Uh, exactly. However, <laughs> however, there is no drooling. There is there is lively banter. Yes. To, of which you are now a part. Yes. Uh, and you guys listen to pod. What's your general podcast um, familiarity? And mom, you listen to more podcasts than I. I probably do. Billy and I do combined. Honestly, I do. I bring I bring my podcasts on my walks. Yes, I listen to NPR. I listen to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Great. I listen to I've listened to a lot of Mark Maron in the past. Okay, yeah, you like his style. He did have Obama on, but that's I'm just saying. I'm right. just saying. Not that you didn't, but he did. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I listen to The Moth. Yeah. I like me some stories. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I've listened to some cooking ones. There's a funny, I don't remember the name of it now. Hmm. There's a funny kind of cooking kind of. Yeah. It's like a funny funny cooking. cooking. There's nothing funnier than cooking. I can't remember the name of it though. That's actually a really good name for a podcast. Nothing funnier than cooking. cooking. That would be your comedy podcast, maybe. Um, You guys have listened to the podcast a lot, and you know that we like to plug the podcast on iTunes. Mm-hmm. We want fans like you guys to write comments in the comment section. Mm-hmm. Have you guys ever done that? Because it's a laborious process. Do you mean that have they ever actually commented on an iTunes yes. thing? Have like you engaged got, in that way? On any iTunes thing or on this podcast? On, we are blatant in saying we want people 
to just put us on lists. Yeah, and the on. way we get on lists is for people to write pithy comments ah. in the iTunes comment section of our podcast. We want exorbitant interactivity with our listeners. Yes. I think all I've done is send an email to you. Yeah, well, that's for sure. We know that to be Okay, so now I need to go the next step. Yeah, why don't you go that next step? But uh, we can re- we can rewind, me. though, and talk about those emails because, first of all, <laughs> thank you. Yes, uh, so much, so many thanks for the participation. <laughs> oh, that, was that, let me just say, just between us, anybody else ever email? One other guy emailed us. One guy. And you know what he said? You should do an episode about hobbies. And literally the next day, me and Adam just did that. So we take 100% of audience suggestions. (laughs) We take literally one. If you tell us to do it, we will. One for one. One for one. Yeah. Dad, you seem like you wanted to say something about the iTunes commenting thing, though. Um, I actually uh, wanted to. Mm. But I think after the podcast was done, I lost the place to be able to do that. (laughs) Couldn't get it back. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I. But, but it was my intent to do that. <laughs> yeah. And as I keep listening, I will find that place again. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. But now, Dad, you—I don't mean to put you on blast—but you have some original music that you post on the internet, and I'm sure you get comments too. So I know that you and you have peers and friends, and you comment on their work. So that's—I mean, you're—it's not that you're unfamiliar with the sort of online content sharing commenting world. No, I'm you not know at what all. that's about. I'm yeah. Not at all. Yes. That. That. That does happen. Yeah. But uh, um, I, it disappeared. It's <laughs> okay. That's just how it goes. Someplace in cyberspace. Okay. That's sort of the nature of the podcast as yeah. well. You do it and then it just kind of disappears, to be uh, honest. Uh, the nature of the podcast is that we take an experience, uh, we turn it into a topic, and we talk about our history. Uh, mm-hmm. our present and our future experiences mm-hmm. with it. That's right. Mm-hmm. It seems apropos that since we have Adam's parents with us, that Both today's topic revolve around parenting. Makes sense. Ah, excellent. That makes sense. That seems like something you guys excellent might have scary. some experience in. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, what they tell us. There's a, a strange <laughs> sense of hesitation <laughs> coming from both of you. Well, nobody you nobody wants to give parenting advice because it always comes back to bite you. Right, right. Well, well, well this, is an, uh, this isn't an advice show. Hardly. This is just talking about your experience. Uh, okay. Yeah. And people seem to want to know more about Adam. And who uh, could tell them a more behind-the-scenes version of Adam? than those who made him. Adam, people who are listening can't see, but you can give us a thumbs up or a thumbs down if we touch on something you don't want us to you say. You have a carte blanche <gasps> thumbs up. You are a wonderful, brave boy. <laughs> Agreed. Check out my spinoff podcast, Wonderful Brave Boy. <laughs> As well, there, well, Adam is the most secure person I've ever known. Is that true from birth? Oh, yes. Really? really? Sure. How do you mean exactly? Well, I've never known you to doubt yourself or... <laughs> doubt oh oh why have you well i mean fundamentally no but i mean like of course just like any other human being well, of course, of course, I of course. obviously but of i know course. what you mean that i uh, i don't feel embarrassed N- never ruminated over oh should i could i would i should have would have could have yeah yeah you know you're just happy and secure well, and you've talked about that a lot that you don't uh, get embarrassed or, or ashamed <laughs> or whatever sure. right. stuff, for better or for worse <laughs> yeah Do you think but, that, that was nature or nurture well, you know something? I think that Adam, I mean, I agree with Susan. I think that uh, Adam has always been a really confident human being. And I think that comes across uh, in, in the things that he does. That's not to say, as you said, that you don't have self-doubt or Plenty. or worry about things mm-hmm. or whatever. Always. But, but I think that mm-hmm. you've always been, you know, pretty upfront and pretty confident about uh, what you do. And for, for me, I'm the only one in this room who has never... Um, done any uh, acting or theatrical kinds of things. And Though you are a musician. Definitely. Yes, but that's different. Okay. I, I, can get, I can get up with my guitar in my hand, but 
But from the time I started seeing Adam doing that stuff, I remember saying to you after you did Conrad Birdie at Hebrew Academy. Yes. Fifth grade, fifth grade. I mean, I remember saying to you, you just did something that I could never do in my entire life, which is to get up on that stage and be somebody else. I well, think although that's he did remarkable. have a, he did have a guitar in front of him, a big blow up bar mitzvah that's true. guitar. That's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so I did have that safety blanket there. I forgot about because that. Because the props were outstanding. But you saying that. things like that to your son probably only imbues him with more confidence going forward as well. That's for sure. Well, I hope so. I mean, I think that the one thing that we always tried to be was supportive of, for both of our kids, supportive of the things that they were interested in. As a matter of fact, I remember saying to both Adam and Jake at one point that when you're grown up and in therapy, you can tell your therapist anything you want about your parents, but don't you dare say that we weren't supportive of the things that you were interested in. <laughs> and other I other than I that, you have carte blanche to say anything. Because that's yeah. a lie. Because exactly. that would be a lie. There would be a fact check. Hen- hence come down the on fish us. fillet as hand warmer. Because when we were standing outside in the bitter March cold yes, uh, watching you play Little League or so, something similar to Little League. <laughs> so we both agreed that we admire the fact that you used fish fillets as hand warmers. It yes. seemed very so uh, inventive. Very, had to inventive. very innovative. Very survivalist. Yeah, very The Revenant. The yeah. question is... <laughs> the Revenant. <laughs> it's just like something that he would have done if he had come across a fish fillet to keep himself warm. It seems like that's what he would have done. <laughs> he caught a horse open and... <laughs> I was going to say, that like, would be the, that would be the same like idea. He climbed yes. inside of the fish fillet. Yeah. It just seemed like he would have closed done that. it around himself and woke up the next morning with exactly. tartar sauce. On By his the mustache. way, I know this is off the topic, but that scene in the Revenant is where I said I laughed and I said to myself, "Okay, we get the idea. You've had it rough, <laughs> right. and now the the horse has frozen oh, on you overnight." I found that to be the most touching scene of all. Yes. Touching? I, yes. I did, I, yes. What was touching? The about horse it? gave. It's like the Giving Tree. Exactly. Yeah. That horse gave him everything. Mm-hmm. But Adam, you did mention that you had fears. Oh, yeah. And uh, do you remember what one of your worst fears was? Here we go. At home. No, there's something, oh, oh, yeah. something heavy. It's just yeah. very typical of okay, you. Okay, I think I know and what me, you're by say. the way. Okay. It had something to do with uh, our dining room. The Tiffany lamp. That's right. Well, yeah, of course. I think I've mentioned this to you <laughs> plenty of times, Bill. Maybe so you even can, on this podcast. You can say what the fear is, then I'll say how when I took him off your hands for 10 oh, years in New York City, oh, how it manifested with me. That's okay. Exactly. So, Adam's fear was that we just had a hanging lamp over our dining room table. Nothing yeah. extraordinary about it. No, it hung pretty low. It hung pretty low, and it was just like sort of what I perceive chain. to be a precarious okay, chain. Let yes. your well, mom, not precarious, yeah, but let yes. Your mom talk. Hanging, let your mom hanging, talk. Right. <laughs> And Adam was always terrified it would fall on our heads, especially Jake. He was so protective, always of Jake. You didn't want anything, you didn't want that light fixture to fall. Mm-hmm. And you know that that wasn't just uh, exclusive to the light fixture. Okay. Because we would walk down the streets of New York oh, City and you. he always would fear that air conditioners would fall on his yes. head. Yes, yes. And I would not be sympathetic to that fear. Yes. And I would say, shut up, no air conditioners <laughs> fall on people's heads. Uh-huh. And then one day, uh-huh. we're watching a movie at our friend Zach's house. His, our friend Zach has a back door with a corridor. Yeah. And what could only sound like a plane falling from the sky, five feet away from no. us, we open it up, and there is a shattered air Smash. conditioner oh. at the door. And that's when I could only <laughs> say, I'm sorry. I said, vindicated. Don't tell I me you done that. Part of me thought that... <laughs> Maybe Adam would also want that to hit him in the head for like just to really hammer home <laughs> the point. Just, just, just to, to make sure it. you understood. Just to prove it. Famous last words. Uh, yeah. I told you so. Well, yeah. on a larger and 
more tragic scale, you were also afraid when you were living in the city about um, cranes. And yep. do you know that, what, a week and a half ago? Yep. It so, happened. Yeah, totally right. realized. It happened. It's almost as though I'm doing it, like that movie Sphere. Like, I feel oh, like I'm no. making these things happen no, if I no. were an egomaniac. But I when I read that. about that, I did think of you, and I yeah. consciously did not mention it to you, although it was on national news, yeah. but I thought... Ooh, Adam's fear. But th- those are the kind of fears you had. I mean, yeah. things falling. Semi-rational. Mm. Semi-rational fears. Mm. Yeah. But I did. I did. I remember feeling over, not overprotective of Jake, mm-hmm. but just that he was the little one. And I did sure. feel like, yeah, I, did, I think good I did big feel. brother. Yeah. Did, did you guys have a plan going in when you had kids? That's like how question. you would raise them with the certain values? Or is it just kind of like a natural extension of who you already were? I don't think we had a plan. Mm-hmm. I think it was planless. <laughs> and would you say that that is probably uh, the most common parenting? Well, can, you, can one have a plan? I mean, you, you can have it. Well, we were knowledgeable, though. We read books. Mm-hmm. You, you know, the and now books there's, and of course, so. more. That if you are a young parent now, because I have so many friends who are young parents. and It's a parenting industry. It's so, such a parenting industry. Mm-hmm. And everything is right at your fingertips. We actually had to go and buy books or subscribe to newsletters. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't just at the... You know, you can't just. You know, on an intellectual and... level, it's also um, what we both did professionally—not mm-hmm. raise kids, but but work in places <laughs> with kids. But and what did you? Could but you, that doesn't always—that doesn't always translate into raising your own kids. It's a—it's a for me anyhow. It was a very different, different ball game. What obviously. did you do, Jeff? Uh, Can you say? I, I was a psychologist in mostly in school districts, but also in other kinds of agencies. Mm-hmm. But I worked almost entirely with, with, with kids. kids. Wow. And so did Susan. Yeah, I was a speech and language therapist. And at the time, when I had both Adam and Jake, I was working in a preschool. It was a preschool for special ed kids, but mm-hmm. nevertheless, it was still a preschool. So my head was, I was just immersed in, in infants and toddlers. So even though I didn't have that much experience when I was growing up, a little babysitting here and there, mm-hmm. no younger siblings. I was the younger. Right. Mm-hmm. But, um, it oh, I was completely immersed in that whole culture yeah. and that whole. Oh, so Adam and Jake, you really benefit from that. They did. Oh, yeah, big time. Yeah, oh, huge absolutely. time. Well, yeah. actually, Adam yeah, I was, just was say this. at I knew maybe you were say three this. months old, okay. a model child. Now we've gotten to the good stuff. <laughs> he was. What a... was Adam selling at three months? <laughs> Check out my spinoff podcast. No, no, not that child. kind of model. Not yeah. that kind of model. I was working in a preschool for kids with special needs, the wide gamut. And I had all the special needs. Uh, No, and I was going to take a year off, and they needed me to come back earlier. And they said, bring Adam with you. He will be our model child. It's called reverse mainstreaming. So, Explain reverse mainstreaming. Well, instead of having children with disabilities go into programs or classrooms of typical kids, you take a typical child and bring him or her into a program with kids with disabilities so they can learn from the typical child. Couldn't find any typical children, so you How do you use Adam? Yeah, yeah. How do you use Adam? He was our default kid. So, uh, yeah, so when you were three months, Adam, you were a, a no. model child. But what does that even mean? What did I do? You plop me in the middle of the sure. room and I just move my arms around? Well, yes, because these these kids could not move their arms and legs around. But it was as they got older, of right. course, and you were there into toddlerhood. Well, you know? and as you got older, you were a language, language model, sure, you were a language model, and you were, play model. Would right. Adam, if you still did that with eighteen year olds, would Adam still be the model eighteen year old? Would <laughs> yeah. you still feel comfortable with your decision at Adam at eighteen? No, I think that the the parents of the kids who are eighteen would say, "Get that kid out of here." <laughs> <laughs> Me? Don't let him be the model, please. Yeah, no, no, I'm teasing. No. I don't think you no. are. I, I wouldn't want me as a model eighteen no. year old either. To be but you know, let's let's 
take a little branch off of here. Okay. I want to say something about what made me what made me the most proud of you, Adam. Aside okay. from your your talents and your kindness Very and your no, I'm I, this is see, his mother speaking. <laughs> no, I'm his mother, of course. You know, but people, other people recognize that in you. You are you are the consummate kind, mm. giving, cool. generous person. But aside from that, and uh, your talents, of course, Adam was always a joy to watch. Those sentiments are uh, echoed throughout Los Angeles and New York for what it's worth. This is the way I paid you to say this. No, no, Adam. And you're not even blushing. So um, when one summer Adam worked in a camp for children with... Autism. Yes, all 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 manners of disability. All manners, but but he there was an overnight, and you had to sleep in a trailer. Yeah, in a tent. In a tent. Yes. With a boy. Yeah, he was twelve, and he was uh, very very low functioning, nonverbal, and had all sorts of issues. Many behavioral issues. Shouldn't have been sleeping over at the overnight for sure. Right, Uh, but but did. But he did, and your job was to be his one on one. Kind of a one on one situation. Yeah, Yeah, and there was quite there there was quite challenging. It was challenging. I know that I've told Billy this story before, but uh, just to make a very long story uh, short, that evening ended uh, with me being covered in his feces. Right. So there was some fecal artwork that talk about a yada 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 (laughs) story. (laughs) That's where you need the yada yada. The whole setup was Adam's (laughs) kindness and his respect amongst the communities. Yada yada yada. Shit everywhere. I was covered in a twelve-year-old shit. (laughs) Okay. That was how the evening ended, so it was uphill, apparently, (laughs) until that point. Exactly. But here's the point. Okay. That after this evening was... First of all, we were kind of surprised that Adam tolerated this and did it, because I will, in a minute, tell you something that would indicate otherwise. Great. But um, his parents uh, said to us, his father had, had called us the next day and just sang Adam's praises and said how wonderful and warm and and uh, capable he was with the, with his son and the how much he appreciated the feces covered everything mm-hmm. but we never saw you in that role because when you were in boy scouts <laughs> and the troop and the troop well it was a, not a good experience and the troop went to oh, cool. a nursing scared, home scared clumsy kid in boy scouts no <laughs> and the troop went to um, a nursing home and you were supposed to interact with the old people. You were in that corner. You weren't coming out of the corner. It's like, no, I'm not talking to these people. Really? I'm a- yes, you did not show your typical warmth. You were not comfortable. You mm. weren't comfortable. I wonder what it was about that. I barely I'm, remember that. I, oh, I remember it mm. because I thought, oh. You know, I wasn't not- comfortable in group settings where they would make me have to act in a collective, okay. potentially against my will, to okay. almost uh, just... Uh, give up my personal values for this collective value. That was my relationship like with religion specifically. Ah. When I would just, they'd be like, now we're doing this. Now we're staring at that item. Now we're like praising this thing. Mm-hmm. I was just like, we, who is yeah, we? Yeah. Like I am me. Like, and you didn't, me you didn't go to things. a Catholic school, did you? No, I was raised Catholic, then Lutheran and then soccer. Um, we are going to take an act break that is the first act Uh, we don't know what song we're going to play you guys know all of Snake's catalog is Mm, there a song mm, that comes to mind raising children no it doesn't have to (laughs) at all relate to parenting we just want you guys because you're going to listen to this episode when it goes live maybe you'll get to hear a song that was your favorite oh well 
you know, right from the roots. I don't even know if you have this anywhere, but Deli Man. I don't think you played that. You yeah, I think we may you have did. already played Deli Man, but we you appreciate did. the shout out. You yep. did. Yeah, I think we used Deli and Man. And of course, already. Parktologist. That was used the first I know, used. I know. My dad's yes. a Parktologist. Yeah, you already. definitely use that because yep. I am a listener. But if you like Deli Man, we have a couple songs about chicken. Maybe we can stay in that vein. Uh, yeah. uh, another piece of chicken and another yes. little, little piece oh, okay. of chicken and a little piece of chicken. We are going. That's close. We are going to. Play our song, A Little Piece of Mind, A Little Piece of Chicken, <laughs> featuring the band Pearl and the Beard. Featuring Pearl and the Beard. This is... Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. That's right. So uh, you guys learn about it, and then we will be back with Act Two. Amen. I need a little piece of mind and a little piece of chicken. A little piece of mind and a little piece of chicken. Give me a little piece of mind, a little piece of chicken. When you're talking chicken, you know snakes are listening. A little piece of mind and a bigger piece of chicken. A little piece of mind and a bigger piece of chicken. A little piece of mind and a healthy piece of chicken. Now you got me wishing for a healthy piece of chicken. Piece of mind. Piece of chicken. It doesn't matter if it's grilled or fried. If it's a little piece of chicken, give me peace of mind. Sunny day. Peace of mind and a little piece of chicken. Flowing clay. Peace of mind and a little piece of chicken. Rich Royce. Peace of mind and a little piece of chicken. That's the network takeover. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to No Joke with Billy and Adam and my Adam's parents, Susan and Jeff. Uh, that was little piece of ch- little piece of mine, little piece of chicken. Yep, by Snakes featuring the band Pearl and the Beard. That ra- no, 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 no. Now that no. I think about it, that doesn't feature Pearl and the Beard. That no. is this is right. It's Mayberry, the Mayberry oh, one. Right, right, right. So, right, right. so here's why there's confusion in the uh-huh. room. Snakes has written multiple songs about chicken, <laughs> a handful, and that can get. Confusing. It gets a little confusing, I guess. We wrote a song called Whole Lotta Chicken. That's right. right. That's right. And that features the indie rock band Pearl, Pearl and, and the, the Beard. Beer. We used one of their tracks and we sort of rapped over and it was great. That's this, right. This is the song that wrapped up the Network Takeover album. Little mm-hmm. Peace of Mind, oh, Little Piece of Chicken. chicken. It, yes. It covers the Andy Griffith theme song. That's right. right. And that's why there was. That's confusion. why it was, it was a little. Confused. And just Forgive out of curiosity, me. as someone who also likes to write songs, how does chicken become such a popular topic for your songs? Uh, it's you have to write what you're passionate about, yeah. <laughs> and you need to follow your dreams and follow your tummy. I've talked about this with friends. Um, we like to joke what will be on our tombstone when we die, and mine will be the chicken was great, which I think is <laughs> gee, which I think is appropriate and genius and the essence of Billy. Yeah, yeah. the chicken okay. was great. Yeah, um, you have to have good headstone. Yeah. Um, I say what end with a laugh. Epitaphs? End with a laugh. Epitaphs. End with a laugh. Uh-huh. Exactly. Well, you know, when my mom died, mm-hmm. when dear Esther died. Yes, lovely Nana. Lovely Nana. I um, I wanted to put something on her headstone that was typical of her. And she had, it, this isn't funny, but I think it's warming. Sweet. It's sweet. She always used to say in Yiddish, Zaya Mensch. That was, her, that was her mantra for both Adam and Jake. No matter what you do in this life, Zaya Mensch, which means? Be a person. Be a person. Be a human being. You know, that's lovely. Yeah. So I, I had to research to figure out how to spell it, but that's what's written on the bottom of her headstone. Be a person. Zymensch. Lovely. Yeah, that is no. nice, isn't it? No. Which to me, mensch, I mean, that just means like have empathy for other humans. That's how I've always it's kind like of- It's like what? Have empathy for other humans. That's how I've interpreted yeah, that. Be a person. Be a person. Be a human being. Yes. <laughs> Connect yes. with somebody. Do, it means do good things. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Do no harm. Do no harm. Yeah. Right. Would right. you say that you were raised with the same values that you then raised your children with? Oh, yes. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Yes. I know that a time and place usually dictates how a family can be raised, I'm sure. Yes, for sure. I would would define you guys as from an outside 
uh, person who knows you quite well mm -hmm. as being very loving parents, being very present parents. Truly. Um, for truly only better. You've just seemed very connected to your kids, your kids' lives. You love to share what they're working on. And my parents are very much the same, same way. way. Your parents are lovely, and actually exactly the same. And I think that that's actually why Adam and I probably see eye to eye on so many things and mm -hmm. feel so comfortable mm -hmm. at times doing things that other people might not mm -hmm. simply because we were raised in loving and respectful yes. environments. You know, so, Susan and I were having a discussion about parenthood the other day, as it happens. And... Um, I, I don't know if I'm going to have the exact quote that I said to you because I lucky mm -hmm. I didn't remember that I said anything. <laughs> uh, but it, it had to do with about I think the most important thing to give to your children is for them to know that that obviously that you love them and that you care about them and and to be able to give them their freedom when mm -hmm. to whatever level degree of freedom is appropriate at a particular age. But I think is to be involved in in whatever they are involved in and to whatever level that they want you to be involved in. That. Yeah. How do you read that though? How, how is that just kind of taking it off of their kind of well, I, inclusion I, of you on certain things? I, I think it is. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that, you know, both for Adam and Jake, their friends were at our house a lot, which was great. As a matter of fact, when both of them are home, a lot of times their friends are still at our house and, mm -hmm. and elsewhere also. But, um, but the other thing was that, that both Adam and Jake, I, I think, in some ways, got the best of both of us in terms of our interests. Um, uh, Susan was a speech and theater major. You can see, you know... I like to speak and I like theater. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> With great diction. That's right. And I was much more into sports and music and, and both of our and kids... And Adam can and, stick the three and hit the right. high notes. That's right. That's right. While he he's sticking the three. So, so I think that the activities that they got involved in on their own, you know, without us saying, you have to do this... Right. Um, were interests that we shared. And so for us to be at all of their things was just a natural extension, not only of being their parents, but of enjoying seeing them doing the same kinds of things that, that we had enjoyed. Right. Mm -hmm. They were and your the, friends. The interesting thing about our generation is, and we're, we are um, criticized for it, hmm. is that we were the helicopter parents, whereas hmm. our parents is go out and play, come back when the streetlight goes on. That's interesting. You know? Um, you know, we had a lot more freedom. Our parents did not. I mean, I was a cheerleader, and my parents never came to one game. Why? Uh, that's just the way it was, you know? I think maybe if I were playing the sport, it right. might be different. <laughs> right. Not to say cheerleading is not a sport for those cheerleaders out there. Why helicopter? What is a helicopter parents? You never is that heard constantly that? monitoring yes. your kids? Hovering always around hovering your over kids. them. Hovering, hovering around them. them no matter where they are. So we were we fell into that because that's what our generation did. And I have a and I think that that, that was a turning point because yeah. the young parents I know now are going to be raising their kids just the exact same way. Mm -hmm. Too much involvement, one could say. I, I, Maggie's sister, Jesse, who you guys know, has mm -hmm. a nephew, and I feel like they have, it's just interesting to me in terms of like informal parenting philosophy. You guys are saying you just sort of followed your instincts and just did what you, what felt right in terms of, like you just said, dad, like being as involved as is appropriate for any given age. And now I feel like that is there are books and volumes, and like mm. you're saying, written that is basically leading parents towards that same instinct, which is like, give your kids a long leash, try not to be so helicoptery, mm. like let them fall and skin, and, mm -hmm, you know, skin mm -hmm. their knee, and that's okay, and they sort of have to... Mm -hmm. but, but I feel like you guys sort of intuited that almost. No, well. no, I, I fault myself for doing just the opposite, mm. being there too much, mm -hmm. not allowing enough independence. Mm -hmm. Well, apparently it worked out in the end. You and Jake are both... 
pretty independent people. Yeah, yeah. I would say so. I think that you guys actually towed the line. You but know, it took I, a while. Well, you know, that's actually something I'm curious about, especially within the structure of the podcast. We try and always kind of fast forward uh, kind of how the things have gone. Mm-hmm. I met Adam uh, in college, post-college, right. um, NYU. What is it like from a parent's perspective to send your kid who you've been living with for 18 years? And I, I hope this doesn't get emotional, but, <laughs> but to, to a place, because I remember sending my sister to college with my parents and then me going back home. And then I just didn't have my sister for a while. Aww. And so I'm just wondering what it's like from the parents. Well, what did your par- how did your parents react, though, sending her off? You know, I I couldn't honestly, I couldn't give you an honest answer you were to that too, question. You were too much into your own head. Yeah, I was just saying, when am I going to bleach my hair blonde? <laughs> <laughs> he still says that. CVS is only open <laughs> until eight, and I need the ladies bleach. <laughs> Billy has like a broken record. It's like every weekend, I'm like Billy, not now, not now. <laughs> is not cool anymore. But no, honestly, I think that my parents at the time I couldn't get a read because they probably didn't know because it was their first time Aww. too. But in retrospect, for you guys, you've had two children who have gone through college mm. and they've been out of the house for years. Mm-hmm. It, I. I imagine that is a pretty interesting time in your guys' life. I have to tell you that um, dropping each of our kids off at college was the most difficult thing I ever did as a parent. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, Adam is older, so he was the first. And, he, you know, he, he was very excited to be going to NYU and, and going to college. And that was wonderful. Um, uh but it was, it was, I don't even know if you remember when we actually parted, you had to, had to, you know, we had spent some time together when we yep. dropped you off and then there was something you had to go to and, and Adam just, you know, I'm sure we hugged and kissed and all that stuff, but and Adam just kind of turned around, waved to us and disappeared. And then it was, so for the first couple of years when we dropped him off at college, we would buy tickets to the U.S. Open Tennis Tournament and Susan and Jake and I would go to the U.S. Open Tennis One Tournament town over. so that we didn't, have to, we didn't have to go home right away. Rip the band off. And yeah. then dropping Jake off at college was equally as traumatic for, for, for me, anyhow. Uh, I think that was worse. Because well, it was worse. With Adam, it was hard because he was the first, and I cried for an entire year, <laughs> you know, before he actually left. And once the actual event happened, you know, as Jeff said, he was happy as a clam, and that's all you want as a parent. Right. So your own loneliness that gets way pushed in the back and also we had jake at home too so you know that wasn't so bad but with adam it was just joy from the beginning and it was like wow he is in a good place right now right Mm -hmm. jake never really cared about going to college and he went to a very remote Mm -hmm. little school At the edge of the universe. Yes, Buffalo. <laughs> well, at yeah. west Buffalo. of Buffalo. Near, Who near even near knew there Buffalo. was a west yeah. of Buffalo? Scientists call it <laughs> Buffalo. <laughs> it's on the edge of the universe. The world. Yeah. Well, I thought like the, th- the New York State Thruway ended in Buffalo and that was it. No, it keeps going west. <laughs> To Fredonia. Shout out to all of our listeners in Buffalo. (laughs) (laughs) Buffalo itself is a grand place, but west of Buffalo, I mean, it was just, just, to me, it might as well. You know, and I'm from Long Island. Yeah, for whom, and Billy, excuse me, from Long Island, for whom the Bronx was upstate. Upstate. Anything north of the Bronx was upstate. Yes, agreed. (laughs) I just drove to upstate two days ago. (laughs) I was in New York, and it was about (laughs) barely north of the Bronx. Like 40 miles. Yonkers. (laughs) But you get that, right? Anything north of the Bronx was upstate. If you have to take the Throg's Neck Bridge, it's upstate. (laughs) And we've been living in, I've lived in in Albany longer than I've lived on Long Island at this point, way Mm -hmm. longer. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's still, to me, you know, uh, Fredonia, whoa, what's that? You know, but so anyway, so with Jake, it was was difficult because we dropped him off in this 
very sad place. It's a lovely place. It's it a is. lovely school. It's a school. nice college. Right, it wasn't a fit for him, though. Right. So that's what made it hard. Right. Because I was skipping down Fifth Avenue. Him. You were skipping down Fifth Avenue, right. and he was not So that happy. does actually soothe some of the uh, anxiety of, the I, I line. lost my buddy, yes. but I know that my buddy is having a great time yes. right now. However, mm-hmm. when Adam moved out here, that, to me, was so much more difficult mm-hmm. than... When, certainly than when he moved because to And that's was, like a psychological shift, right? Because so now I'm psychically 3,000 miles farther psychically, away. Psychically, you are literally, literally right. 3,000 miles away. That's what my mom said, too. She yes. said that after... She was very supportive of it, to be honest. But she said that the one thing that made her the most sad was that she couldn't just pop into the city and get dinner with me. Exactly. Living oh, in Long you, Island. Right? Yes. You know, right. she has 45 minutes. I mean, you guys exactly. live a couple hours away, but still, yes. you you would always make it to Harvard yeah. Sailing yeah. Team of shows. Course. You could just be there. And also, New York, That's that's my city you right. know i mean i have a real love affair with so that when place. adam this leaves then suddenly it's just uh, less of a reason to go into new york city as well I exactly right. and i miss the city yeah mm-hmm. i mean yeah. there are some reasons to go there but not as frequently yeah but i do apologize for that awful start that you had out here because i fought against it and i yeah. was you miserable. actively said don't do it no, I, I don't think I could ever no. say oh. that. No, because no, there was a reason, and Adam, oh, you're in a okay. good place. But then. how do you fight against it? What does that mean? I cried all the oh. time. Oh, I emotionally fucked Cried and said to myself, I will not cry in front of Adam. I will be supportive. And that didn't work, did it, honey? You were both supportive and cried in front of all of the, All yeah, of the yeah. Yeah, And I, I know you feel terrible when I cry. So, I mean, I, I apologize for it's that. Oh, but, but you're leaving your mother here. Oh, God. <laughs> that is just oh, a manifestation of man. love, though. Every tear yeah. pouring out of your eyes is sadness. But you're it's also sweet, born out of sweet. just the endless love. It's a representation of you're that. You're an Italian boy you understand yes right i'm an italian guy from long island you understand i go to the bronx i hit upstate you i come do. back down to long island it's all in you do yeah. um, i love that you, you said understand. that like as though you're italian yeah well, as though I you're both italian, paisans i am italian i'm italian right yeah. when i retired so I, you tell me yes. i said i was going to take an italian class and i did how's mm-hmm. that going well, I only took one class, and mm-hmm. it was wonderful, but I didn't put enough work into it. Yeah. So all I can say is, quesadilla. She needs to learn, she needs and, to learn other expressions. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. one's getting old. Ufizio di postale. Oh. Post office. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when we learned a foreign language in high school, yes. we did this thing called ALM, mm-hmm. which is you just parroted. I don't know if you guys had that when you were in high school. <laughs> you learn these dialogues, and I took both French and Spanish, so the dialogues were exactly the same yes. in English. Hola, Isabel. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah. Two on. birds, one language. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. So I can say in French, because this is all I remember, je ne réussi jamais à travailler le jeudi soir. What does that mean? Isn't Post that gorgeous? Office. Might as well be. Doesn't <laughs> yeah. it sound so sexy? Lovely. What does it mean? Je ne réussis jamais à travailler le jeudi soir. It means I can never work on Thursday nights. <laughs> <laughs> but doesn't it sound grand? I should have used that this morning in the Cafe Figaro when I got my coffee. Exactly. All these legitimate could, French people there. I can there. never work on Thursday I nights. I could never. <laughs> <laughs> like, so what? They have a pan au chocolat and I can never work <laughs> on Thursday nights. Wednesday nights is much better for me. <laughs> um, speaking of um, hobbies, you guys have recently been posting videos and performing music. Yes, Jeff, and it's all Jeff. At, well, I go along for the ride. Okay, well, you go along for the ride, yeah. but it's uh, something that I know Harvard Sailing Team talks about and really admires and looks forward to hearing mm. any song you guys post, because oh. not only is it great for us to see our 
parents do things that are exciting and thrilling for them, it's great when they're great at it. Yeah. And when we hear you guys sing, and you're just going to have to take the compliments because the, the lustic way is to deflect compliments at first <laughs> opportunity. It's true. But it really is lovely. And we want to feature one of your guys' songs. Mm -hmm. So do you guys have a song in mind? Jeff, do you have a song in mind? We do. Uh, but before I talk about that, I do want to say that um, if you want to find somebody connected to the family of this podcast with major talent. Real talent. Look up uh, Billy's father, Frank Scafuri, on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Because they're somebody who has oh, a voice please. that you don't want to miss. True. A lot of please. love and respect in the room. Oh. Good looking out, Jeff. Good looking out. Frank Scafuri, he is the person. Yeah. yeah. Funny and talented and... Mm -hmm. And Billy's dad. And, and Billy's, Billy's dad. Most important. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. He and appreciates he, that, and so do I. Can um, never work on Thursday nights. There is a song that, that, that can never work on Thursday nights. <laughs> Seinfeld. Frank can. Frank can work on Thursday but nights. I, what, I, he has to say that in Italian, though. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, there is a song that we have done that is not an original, uh, but it's by a group uh, called Brother Son, mm. who Shout we out. heard do this live, who are wonderful. You love those guys. Uh, mm. The song is called All I Want is a Garden. And uh, Susan and I are singing it along with another friend of ours, Kate, uh, at one of the open mics that we do. And it's a really, really beautiful song. And we are going to enjoy that song right now. And we will be back with the third and conclusive act of this The No Joke podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you. 
Okay, welcome back to the No Joke Podcast. Once again, that is Jeff Lustick. Um, why don't you guys plug, Is do you want to plug um, where we can find music or yeah. where p- other people can just find your music? Well, I have music on several YouTube pages. There's also a place called Fandalism that mm-hmm. actually the videos on Fandalism and YouTube are pretty much the same. So that's like vandalism with an F. With an F, yes. <laughs> okay, yes. Vandalism. But it could be vandalism because it's a lot of most of the tunes are covered, so I'm kind of ripping them off. Uh, from people. Okay. So okay. there you go. And they would look up Jeff Lustick to find yes. that? Yes. Okay, excellent. Yeah. Well, you guys are awesome. Um, we were talking while that song was playing about uh, your guys' enjoyment of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, allow Adam and I to be narcissists for a second. Yeah. Or at least... Uh, to just accept whatever you guys enjoy about the podcast. Yeah, we'd like some praise, please. I I love the way you guys interact. I mm-hmm. mean, it's it's so natural. You know, I, I, this is a little bit off the podcast, but one of the things I've always been proudest of of Adam are his choice of friends. We've never had to worry about mm-hmm. that, and that continues. Well, thank you, you know, very and, much. And Billy, you are way up there. Nice. <laughs> you are way up there. He he mouthed top thirty. <laughs> <laughs> like just barely like 28 <laughs> pointing oh, down so wrong yeah but you know as the season goes on you might move up the rankings <laughs> I do imagine though as a parent that is like such a relieving yeah. quality the, to the, not what, only know that they're good friends but to know the friends themselves yes. to get a better mm-hmm. to get a real understanding of you and, and trust me are. there were things in Adam's childhood that we had worries about okay but his friends were never one of them right mm-hmm. my uh, parents feel the same way especially mm-hmm. Harvard sailing team I think Harvard sailing team yeah. Not only made my parents proud of us artistically, but when they would just come over for dinner, they just mm-hmm. wanted to be hanging out with them as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, you always want to love the people who you associate yourself with. Yeah, I think the Harvard Sailing Team, even for the parents, has become an extended family. The parents obviously don't see each other as much as you guys see each other, but right. clearly uh, watching you guys, is it's an extended family, and I think that's terrific. I agree. It sure I feels do. that way. I do. Yeah. Yeah, and Billy and I, we feel like we think with the same brain so sort of so does that mean there's up. one brain between the yeah, two of you yeah <laughs> sometimes a, it gets precarious it's just basically it's your basic usb it's okay basic usb yeah i just plug billy's thoughts into my brain yeah and adam you still have such a tight tight relationship with your high school yeah. friends and now yeah. that i think about it billy too actually 
Yeah, you too? Mm-hmm. Yes. And now that I think about it, you have been, well, you especially, because mm-hmm. you went to your high school in eighth grade, mm-hmm. you've been friends with Harvard sailing team and Billy mm-hmm. and, you know, related people for longer than you were friends oh, with gosh. your high school friends. Except that then you were, those were your formative years. So right. it was a whole different experience. Right. And one of the great joys of my life is melding all of the fact that oh, all of those friend that. groups have melted. Yeah. You've done that. And that you were just staying up at Sean and Luke's house. And yeah. that right. like all of the friend yeah. circles have melted into one friend soup. I often admire people who maintain their friendships with their childhood friends because to me, that's a clear indication that they've always been making self-informed choices. Yes. Yeah. You know, that they weren't making pithy of the moment like, well, that guy's trendy or that guy plays mm-hmm. the sport I'm playing, but rather... I immediately identify you share a core value that exactly. I don't see leaving right. from me or you. It does speak to integrity. Like someone's values don't waver if they have the same friends throughout their life. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Right? It's like your core, like you said, your core values remain consistent and sort of intact. Yeah. Well, here's go. a time for me to give a shout out to my nuclear nine. Yeah. You've made nine of strong us friendships. From, well, we started 10, maybe 11 years ago now. When when email was a big thing, when it first when. came into our lives. Tell us know. about email. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the electronic mail. Yeah, yeah. We found each other. There were Some of us had already been in contact, for it, but there are 10. Well, now there's more like 12 of us, and we communicate every single day. It's almost that, like IMing. That is little so messages. fun. Every single day we visited, and we're all over the country. Yeah. San Diego and Houston. Some of whom Houston your mother knows. Is that right? Yes. I think so, yes. 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 Six, six degrees of Marianne. Marianne exactly. went to, uh, yes, went to... Limbrook High School? No, mm-hmm. before that, went to St. Raymond's. Saint, went to St. Ra- Raymond's. St. Raymond's in East Rockaway slash Limbrook. Slash. Yes. <laughs> slash. Well, it's kind slash. of really on the border. Right. Right, almost, almost Depends to what Sunrise entrance of St. Raymond's you walk <laughs> Exactly. It's on Atlantic <laughs> Avenue. <laughs> right. And Marianne went to high school with my some mom, of my friends. That's so funny because my mom actually about five or ten years ago started reconnecting with friends that she I had know, kind of... you said. And I wonder if... Is that a... Is that a a I sign think, of the technology yes, changing, it, or is absolutely. that absolutely? Oh and, yeah, and Facebook. All, people connect to people they haven't connected to for. But I also assume forty-five years. Yeah, once your kids are out of the house, though, I imagine that a little bit of like a nostalgia might naturally set in, where it's like, well, like my two little friends have left the house now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's get back some of those OGs, those yeah, original right. friends, OGs, and. Old friends. Uh, and there is and it's so rewarding. Like My mom seems like it's such a fun like rediscovery. It is. And that's the best. Well, it's what, what Adam was saying about life. values. And, you know, when you go to kindergarten with somebody, you have, it's like your siblings. I mean, right. you share that common bond. Very, very but, you know, you were saying about connecting with people who you have a lot in common with. But have you been to any of your high school reunions? Yet? Yes. All right. Yeah. I don't know if you've, mm-hmm. if you've, gotten to this phenomenon yeah probably uh, that you find people who you never would have associated with in high school and it's like whoa how come we never hung out totally i know you you're just like me but in high school you weren't right you know you had that whole high school vibe going on to putting people in boxes are and you labels specifically and... talking about me right? <laughs> <laughs> you had that whole high school thing going on no putting no, no labels no, and putting no, people no. excuse me no dear that's a, no that is not, very much a, a high school thing it's yeah. a thing yes yeah. And then you shed that thing, 
And then yeah. hopefully at your 10-year reunion, you identify, oh, me and you are. And it gets even stronger as you get older. Right. Yes. You were talking yeah. about that, our last episode, Bill, about sort of when you brought a lot of your sort of chunk of your high school friends, you were sort of tried to ingratiate them into the UCB. And it was like seeing for whom that really stuck. It was uh, like, yes. oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Now that we're sort of like parsing out into adulthood, you guys now do share my adult interests. You guys maybe not so much, mm-hmm. but we have our nostalgia, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. But yeah. I and the friends who did, if they didn't even 100% give into it, they were still open to it and they still want to talk to me yeah. about it that's just a sign of uh you know you're going to be here you're a long-term friend mm-hmm. yeah you know mm-hmm. it's a, it's a it's a sign of respect yeah mm-hmm. yeah and i find i feel like you found it really rewarding to maintain these friendships and, like, oh and the nuclear so, has been actually so, great. so interesting and my friend deborah who's a playwright was actually going to write a play about it she did something similar mm-hmm. but not quite the nuclear nine yeah yeah because it is a fascinating thing we have been through Births, deaths, mm-hmm. cancer, natural disasters, uh, natural disasters. Hurricane Sandy wasn't didn't Sandy? Oh, was sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Helen was, right. was in Houston, mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean, but but just the life cycle. Grant, yeah. Grant, many, most of them are mm-hmm. grandparents now. Mm-hmm. Um, and for a playwright, I mean, what more than just a life of perspective for inspiration? Oh, yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not faking it if everyone's really been living through it oh and we've been through we've been through it all it's just so interesting to see the things we were talking about 10 years ago and the things that we're talking about now (laughs) are just reflective of being in our mid-60s or almost it's i feel like it's crucial for the human experience to have i mean that's why i like shared history and billy i'm so grateful for our friendship that we are continued to grow and live and love each other it's i feel like it's critical to the human experience to have old friends to have your shared history reflected back to you it just feels validating in that way and it's very comforting when you're our age it's comforting because you know we fantasize about someday all living in a commune together and helen who is a nurse will be our medical consultant and you know everybody brings different strengths to it and wouldn't it just i love it gas to all live together i often and it seems perverse but i often fantasize about my friends being crashed on yeah. a desert island just so that we can get down to the real primal <laughs> just the friendships and the allegiances and the skill sets totally. and who will be the doctor and yeah. who uh, it's something about it is like really romantic yeah. to me yes. almost because I love that I, your fantasy involves a plane crash yeah I mean yeah, yeah. <laughs> or a boat or a, or a boat or a boat or a boat or a condo in uh, Arizona okay doesn't yeah. matter yeah. you need none of the above <laughs> it's inspiring to hear that you mom even now at this stage in your life still fantasize about living out a commune with your high school friends oh more that's, than ever not yeah. still but just uh, well there's been a lot of research and a lot of a big well not even a resurgence I guess it's a surgence mm-hmm. of older people sharing homes together sure. you know living in you can call it a commune if you want but even as few as three people yeah. living together having roommates that's cool it's so natural people yeah. who lose spouses and they need other people right. with them and their kids aren't available right. and that's the way to take care of each other. Makes is, the most amount of sense. is every friend of yours a shared friend? Do you guys have any like uh, exclusive friends that like doesn't really like hang out with the two of you? That's really oh, an sure. interesting question. Yeah, mm-hmm. I oh, think really? that came from working in separate places. Yeah. Huh. I mean, we also have different interests. We have common interests, but we right. have different interests. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have a lot of shared friends. We have, I mean, Susan has a group of women where we live that they've been friends for forty years. They most of them are from the yeah. same profession. The, the spouses in that uh, conglomeration get included every once in a while, but it's very rare. Every fifth right. event. Um, and it seemed, that seems healthy to me almost, mm, that, that we sure. should all have the things sure. we share, the things we kind of covet, the yeah. thing, you know, just, it, it just seems, because 
I've been in a relationship now for going on eight years. Mm -hmm. And I would say almost outside of like a few specific things like basketball or, you know, we share everything, Everything you you know, people, money, food. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. there's not mine and there's not yours. Mm -hmm. But I do recognize that like when basketball comes up, that's like a special thing suddenly (laughs) where it's like my own like little secret. (laughs) And it's not a naughty secret. It's just I'm playing basketball with the fellas that day. I I will tell you that uh, I have recently started a new program at our house. And uh, Susan is reading the sports section every day. <laughs> Stop One it. article in the sports section that I assign her. Article. And then I'm yes. asking her questions about it. You adorable the, high the, school the, couple. The sports Come section is, is so far from her reality. But so now she, she's learned a little bit about well, hockey, so which what I know learned? nothing I about. I have learned. Well, the quiz was my idea because I said I need some motivation to read these articles. You I are the most inspiring couple <laughs> in America. So I learned what a... Triple double is. I keep wanting to say. Double, what is a triple, triple double? Well, Billy, since you asked, because I know you don't know, <laughs> double refers to double digits. Who knew? What's, right. What sport? Basketball. Sorry, go on. Thank you. Double digits. The round ball. Mm-hmm. The rock. <gasps> double digits. I. Uh, who knew? That's where I got tripped up. Yeah. So double and triple refers to you have to have scored double digits in any of three. But I learned now there are probably five. <laughs> ways five even so more. they could be even more well uh points yep. scored mm-hmm. rebounds mm-hmm. assists yep. blocks mm-hmm. what's steals. Left? steals steals, steals. Yep. very good oh, is that good retention wow. super thorough that was very very thank thorough you. incredible thank you, you learned that from the newspaper yes because tr- i find reading about sports to be the most boring thing in the world numbers 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 names phrases. of people you don't know well oh, now oh, she has a new favorite basketball player how can you not love, love. Anthony Davis, who oh. scored more than half of the points that the Holtz team scored, 59 in a game? What is that all about? Excellent Amazing. retention. How in love are <laughs> you with your wife right now? Even Excellent better, retention. even better. Is there a better name than the New Orleans Pelicans? <laughs> Pelicans? <laughs> How could you get better than that? You love that? Oh. For a team name? Come yeah, just on. Just because it's like a cute, non-threatening bird? So non-threatening. Yeah. I mean, and not as insipid as the NYU Violet. Right. Oh, right. That's just weird. Right. That's a yeah. whole other conversation. <laughs> Although, they are not showing up in the sports pages. Yeah. May I say time. that yeah. Adam and Jake and Jeff would make fun of my home team, the East Rockaway Rocks. Mm. This to me is an absurd mascot. Well, because I know ne- we never thought it's the of the definition it as being... of lifelessness. That's yeah, right. An That's inanimate... exactly what I said. It just lays there object. in the ground. No, it doesn't, it doesn't. It's the symbol of strength yeah. and fortitude. A rock, a solid as a rock. It just came. My from understanding rock was their away. football game team never won a game. <laughs> that was my understanding. Awful. Just a teeny little school, though. It's an anomaly on Long Island. A teeny little school. Why is it an anomaly? Because it's small. Yeah, everything Most in everything the, in Texas and Long Island is bigger. It's bigger because yeah. they yeah, but East Rockaway is a teeny little town mm-hmm. with its own school. We had 180 kids mm-hmm. graduating, and there's less than that now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the best place in the world. Speaking of teeny little, mm-hmm. I would like to thank you guys for oh, being on our so teeny much. little podcast. Well, thank you for having us. It's this a is big I am not blowing smoke when I say that this has been the most pleasurable podcasting experience oh, of my life, it's and treat. it's so lovely to talk to you guys. I think Jeff and I can say that too. <laughs> yes, that's absolutely correct. <laughs> this was your main and if podcast. I could ever figure out how to review this one, yeah, we'll rest assured I will. We're gonna get you there, Dad. <laughs> Episode you there. sixty. We're gonna get that crucial Jeff Lustig. <laughs> that's right. Just figure 
figured it out. <laughs> that's right. That's yeah. right. Okay, once again, this is the No Joke Podcast. Thank you to everybody who listens. Thank you to everybody who will begin listening after this episode. Yep. I am Billy Scafuri. I'm Adam Lustig. And we had the Lustigs with us today. And thank you again. It's and been a pleasure. We will talk to you guys next week. Take care. Bye. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>